What's up, guys? Welcome to the Two Brothers in Their Sports podcast. Today, we're going to start off by ranking teams in NFL divisions, and then we're going to move to the NBA, give our MVP and rookie of the year predictions. Yeah, so let's get started with our new, what kind of old, which we're bringing it back, where we ranked the divisions um, and all the way going up until football season. We're going to start off with the AFC South, which that division is the Jaguars, Titans, Colts, and Texans. So let's get started here. I think number one, well, that was the exact order it was last year. Jaguars, 9-8, and eight, Titans, 7-10, and 10, Colts, 4-12, and 12, and then the Texans, 3-13. and 13. That's last year. This year, obviously, there's noteworthy additions to that. There's uh, Will Levis for the Titans. There's Anthony Richardson for the Colts. There's C.J. Stroud for the Texans. And then the Jaguars kind of stayed the same. I think if you go, if you rank this division, for me, I would have to start off with the Jaguars at one. I think that is something that I think is pretty set in stone here. Very, very great offense. And their defense is not bad at all by any means. I just think that especially with the younger teams and younger quarterbacks in this division, it's going to be a lot of Trevor Lawrence kind of dominating 6-0 and in this division, I think is what's going to happen. So I have the Jaguars at number one. Yeah, so at number one, I'm going to take maybe, I, I mean, remember last week that we had or in the running backs episode of our top 10 fantasy positions. That was my number one biggest uh, huge prediction for this year. My second one is in this division, the number one team is going to be the Houston Texans. Wow. I have CJ Stroud having an amazing breakout, perhaps winning rookie offensive rookie of the year. He's going to play amazing. He's going to be in the top echelon of rookie quarterbacks this year. And I do think that he'll, him and that very high-powered offense, you've got Damian Pierce still slept on, just a very hard runner. You've got Damian Pierce, and then you've obviously got Brevin Jordan, I believe, is still there, but they've got Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys. They've got um, a really good receiving core, one that I'm really fond of. I've voiced that a lot of times. They've got Robert Woods, I believe. Tank Dell, they drafted out of the Don University of Houston. And, yes, John Mechie, who was hurt all of last year. That's two first-round, or maybe John Mechie won in the second. I think he was a first-round, right? Yeah, he was. No, I think he might have been early second because he got hit. Yeah, it was something like that. But he was very, very good at Alabama. Got hurt. So they, their offense is so high-powered. And then you look at their defense. They do have Derek Stingley there. They do have David Onyemana, I believe, they have there. Um, and they do have just a pretty good core. I don't think that they're going to be one of the better divisions in the the better teams in the FC, but that doesn't matter. This division is not very high powered. As long as Will Levis doesn't go crazy on the tight end Titans, I have um, I have the Texans getting this number one spot. That's, in the- that's pretty surprising. Um, at my number two. And obviously, we're going to get to the Texans because we're ranking the whole division. At my second, the team that I think will play second in the AFC South, potentially having a playoff berth. And I that I think that that really is a real possibility for the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson, I have, is going to, I said it already, he's going to be the best rookie quarterback in this class. He has amazing athleticism, very similar to Lamar Jackson, but can throw the ball. Not that accurate, but he is a very strong, fast, and has all the tangibles that you want to see in a quarterback. Um, They do have the weapons. Michael Pittman, I think Delani Woods is going to be really good. An incredible offensive line that will for sure help him, and then including Quinton Nelson. And then arguably a top five, top three running back in the NFL in Jonathan Taylor. And I haven't even got to Shaq Leonard, the whole defense that they have there. Obviously, they lost Bobby Okarike, but still, 
that's a very good defense there. Um, and they did have, I think it was Isaiah Rogers that was suspended, but that defense is starting to look a little bit worse, but don't get me wrong. Any defense that has Shaq Leonard as the head of that defense is going to be good. And I think I said it, Anthony Richardson, best rookie quarterback in this class. I do think he wins offensive rookie of the year. That's how high, um, that's how high I expect him to play this year. And I have him at number two, especially with the Eagles offensive coordinator now coming over and becoming the head coach. The play calling there is going to be incredible. Yeah, so I have my number two spot. I mean, all three of these teams, I think it's going to be a very competitive division that doesn't win too many games. So in this spot, I could see the Titans getting this. I could see the Colts getting this. But I also am going to predict the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I know it was a surprise that I didn't pick them for number one. And you said that on the second team in the Indianapolis Colts might make the playoffs, which means do you think that the Jaguars would be a really good team? Well, I have the Jaguars at one, so I think the Jaguars, yes, I do think they will be a pretty good team. Their wide receiver receiver core, and and I'll just say it a little bit because I know you have to keep going. Um, Their wide receiver core, I think, is not amazing, but it's a bunch of wide receiver twos that make up that room. So I think that's – oh, I haven't even mentioned Calvin Ridley. So, yes, I do think that all of that combined – will make them at least win 12 games this year. That's my bold prediction, at least that's what. Yeah, that's what I was trying to ask because I was I knew you liked them this year, but what I meant was for uh, the second team to make the wild card, the first team usually has to be pretty good. Yeah. They're usually not right next to each other. So, But that makes sense. So for me, I have the Jaguars in the second spot. I do like Zay Jones. He played great last year. Evan Ingram had a bit of a breakout. Don't think he's going to be that good, but he will be all right. The team is just all right. It's not great. It's not horrible. Hopefully, Trevor Lawrence can take some steps, start to get into the top 10 NFL QBs. I don't know if I'd rank him there yet. I have him there at 10 or 9. I can't remember. Hopefully, he can take those steps to get there. I don't think from last year he was, or maybe he was right there. But hopefully, he can take some steps, make some big leaps. Um, and then they drafted Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. Love the guy. I think he'll be great. Just not a great fit for him with Travis Etienne there. They obviously said that they wanted to focus on Travis Etienne, traded away James Robinson, and now just drafted another guy. I don't really understand the logic there. I mean, how much did you have to like Tank Bigsby to take him after trading James Robinson, having a very productive year last year? So... I mean, it's a weird decision. Their offense is all right. Nothing great. I don't think it'll be like the Texans offense, especially with C.J. Stroud there. I do think C.J. Stroud will have a very good year. I think Trevor Lawrence will be just all right. And the defense on the other side is, again, all right. No big playmakers. No great guys. Just mediocre. So, yeah, I could see them perhaps making a wild card, but it'd be very easy for them to miss out. Yep. And then at number three in the AFC South, that's what we're talking about right now. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Houston Texans. You talked about a lot of what I was going to say. Um, and I know you love Houston, the Houston Texans. You have CJ Stroud at your number seven fantasy quarterback this year, which I think is a little crazy, but I, I do agree CJ. with you. I think that, I think that their offense is very underrated, but I don't think it's underrated to the point where they're going to be a real contender in this. I get they have CJ Stroud. That's going to take a lot of developing, especially in Houston, but you said it Dalton Schultz, Damian Pierce, who is a real downhill runner, yards after contact are crazy. He's like a mini Derrick Henry. Tank reminds Big, me of Zeke. Reminds what? me of Zeke his rookie year. Yeah, yeah, except a little bit smaller. Um, then you talk about Tank Dell, John Mechie. I think it's going to be a factor. The one thing though that I think CJ Stroud's going to be missing is a deep threat. They lost Brandon Cooks to the Cowboys. I think that is a big factor for CJ Stroud's success. 
Um, and now you kind of know CJ Stroud's going to be a mid, a short to mid accuracy kind of guy. Likes that he know we know he likes to throw those. He's okay at the deep ball, but needs a receiver there. Um, and they're going to run the ball a lot. So I have the Texans at three. They are underrated, but the problem is their defense is just going to be getting scored on consistently. Derek Stingley was good. Jalen Petre was good, but that doesn't mean that that's going to stop everything. So I have them at number three in this division, but they have a bright future. Yeah, I could see that. I just disagree with the deep threat. I mean, Tank Dell, one of the shiftiest receivers, maybe as shifty as Jerry Judy, which is like the one of the top um, shifty route running guys, and Tank Dell is up there too. Um, and then you look at uh, John Mechie, also a great deep threat receiver when he was at Alabama. Hopefully he can regain at least 75% of what he had at Alabama. That would be a pretty good wide receiver. But he obviously was off the field the entire year last year. So we don't really know where he's going to be. Um, and we're kind of banking on him being pretty good. But other than that, I mean, I, I do like them. And then at number three, I mean, your second team was the uh, the, the Colts with Anthony Richardson. Yeah. And I'm actually going to leave him for my fourth team, the worst in this division. I'm going to take the Titans here. I don't think Will Levis will start. Um, They still have Malik Willis. They still have um, Will Levis, obviously. And they still have Tannehill. It's just a ton of QBs just thrown in there. And it's not going to be great, which is why I don't have him at the top. also, Will Levis has been doing very bad as of what we've heard in preseason training camp. Taking a, It's going to take a lot for him to develop. Same thing happened with Malik Willis when he got thrown in last year. So they're probably going to go out with Tannehill from the start, and they might go out with him for the entire year. On the other hand, the reason that I don't have them at four is because they have Derrick Henry, who's going to continue to be one of the better running backs we've ever seen. So I've got Derrick Henry leading this team, and then I don't hate – where their wide receiver room is right now. Traylon Burks just got him a couple of years ago, still working on him, hasn't been what they wanted him to be. But I know you like Chigozium Okonkwo. I think I he'll be, I think he'll be pretty good for them. Their defense is just all right. Kevin Byard is still there commanding the ship. So I don't hate him, and I don't hate it. I just hate the QB situation. That's a horrible situation to be in with two young QBs, just drafted them, both don't look great right now, and you've got Ryan Tannehill there, and you don't really know what to do. You're not rebuilding, but you're not contending. It's just a weird situation. So I've got them at number three. Yeah, so at number four, I have the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South. We all know how how high-powered Derrick Henry is. Make sure you check out our running back rankings. You'd be surprised where I have Derrick Henry. But I think that this offense is not great at all. The only bright spot in this offense, and I've said it time and time again, is Will Levis. I think he's going to be one of the biggest steals in this draft. I think he will be a top-five quarterback in this draft class. I think eventually he could make it to top top 12 in the NFL. And I do think he has a chance oh, at being right. better than CJ Stroud. I do think he has a chance at being, at being better than him. Oh my but God. Will, I understand the reports coming out of training camp that you mentioned, Arsh, and, and hopefully it gets better in preseason that he's not playing well. But if you remember, you know who else had those same concerns? Jamar Chase about drops and dropping the ball and not running routes correctly. And what did he become? He's a number two wide receiver in this year, in this year's NFL. So well, that can be fixed. There was obviously a reason that number one Levis dropped so much in the draft, and number two that they they traded up for him. They used draft capital, and he's not playing well enough to even earn the second spot. I don't think he's going to have the second spot on the depth chart. 
Will Levis will start more than half the games this year, I think. And Will Levis is Not going to all. be a great quarterback. But the problem is Will Levis has no one to throw to. So it's going to make it look like Will Levis does not is, does not know what he's doing. But think about it. He's going to be throwing Burton. Love years, but only for one or two years. He's going to be, he's gonna be throwing. He's going to be throwing to Traylon Burks. He's going to be throwing to Chig a little bit, and he's going to be handing the ball off is mainly what he's going to be doing to Derrick Henry. Now, that's the only reason I have Derrick Henry where he is in our running back list. But Will Levis is and is going to be, I think, a very good quarterback. He just needs more weapons surrounding him. Their defense is not great at all, and it's been bad for the past few years. Now, I know I know that, uh, that Coach Rabel is good. But there's only so much you can do with this team. And when you have a bunch of other developing teams in this division behind the Jaguars, I have the Titans at four. Yeah, my number four spot, I've got the Colts. I A lot of these predictions, I mean, Will Levis, um, Anthony Richardson, I dis, uh, CJ Stroud disagree wholeheartedly. And this is another one. Anthony Richardson is not going to be the number one player and the number one quarterback in this class. He may not even be number two. He's not going to be a top three player in this draft class this year, and he might not be top five. Anthony Richardson and the Colts are going to falter. I love what the Colts have done on paper. I love that they have Jonathan Taylor. Love that they have Michael Pittman there. Um, and and uh, their, their team isn't horrible, right? So they also have Alec Pierce there. Um, a pretty good wide receiver, but I don't think AR-15 is going to be good enough to be able to make that team that uh, maybe, maybe number three, not number two, perhaps number three, maybe over the Titans. Um, I do like their team on paper, and they do have a pretty good defense in Shaq Leonard, um, and, and Shaq Leonard, I mean, a lot of people forget how good he was. As a rookie, I think he was all pro, one of the top guys in the NFL. So that's a great line back. That's a great backer right there. And so I really do like that. And I think that'll be good for them. But I just don't think that they're going to have good enough quarterback play. I think Derrick Henry and the Titans defense will be able to take them farther than Anthony Richardson can take the Colts, even though they have an amazing team on paper. So I'm going to go with the Colts in fourth place, but I definitely could see them in third place. I'm not going to solidify that. What I am going to solidify is that the Titan, I mean the Texans are going to be a very sleep, a very um, slept on team this year. And CJ Stroud is going to be a great quarterback. Now let's move on to the NBA. We'll talk about rookie upcoming rookie of the year and especially MVP just awards. So let's start off with MVP. Um, I'm going to start off here, and there's a lot of players you could choose. I mean, LeBron, I think, is out of the question. Steph is out of the question. And you look at the trend of the past couple of years, it's Jokic, it's Embiid, it's those big men, it's Giannis. And I'm not going to come here and say that it's going to be anyone else than Nikola Jokic. There could be some crazy stats next year, some crazy years, but I'm going to go Nikola Jokic. It's the easy pick, but it probably is the right pick. The guy won back-to-back, I think it was three in a row, back-to-back-to-back MVPs. No, he won two. Joel Embiid won last year. Okay, two. He won back-to-back MVPs, lost it, and that same year, he wins the NBA, NBA championship. So the last three years, he's gone MVP, MVP, uh, NBA Finals MVP, and winning a championship. The guy is special. He's not going to lose out on the MVP again. Joel Embiid, I don't give him a great chance to win the MVP again. And it's because after what happened this year, when he got the MVP finally, 
and he choked in the playoffs, all people were saying is he doesn't deserve it. And that's going to be stuck in people's memories for a long time. Yeah, but we've said this before, and I've said this to you a lot. MVP is a regular season award. It is not a playoff award. It doesn't right, change. Right, that's not, that's not how people see it, Arv. People see it as the MVP, the most valuable player, is in the regular season. But if you play bad in the, in the postseason, you're not going to get it the next year. And that's how they're oh, going to see it. the next year, yes. And yes, yes. That's how they're going to see it. And even if you look at the last year, the MVP looking at the entire year should have been Nicole Jokic. And even during the regular season, it probably should have been Nicole Jokic. But the point is, now looking at him, if Jokic is here and Embiid is here, Jokic is still going to win because of what happened in the postseason. That does get taken into account. Pass play a little bit gets taken into the and uh, gets taken into account. You can't be the league's most valuable player. If I you, don't think it's as much as you're saying. I think pass play is a last resort. The MVP again is a yearly award. It's right, the regular right. season of each year. I think if you have to do a deal breaker all the way at the very end, after you look at points, assists, rebounds, turnovers, team success, all of that at the very, very end of that list is how your team did in the playoffs. Now, maybe for Jokic, it's higher because they won. But other than that, it's supposed to be at the very, very end. So if all that's right there, if Jokic and Embiid average the same exact stats, but Embiid has one more rebound per game, who are you taking? Still Jokic. No, that depends on the team success then at that point. Okay. If their teams are neck and neck, that would never happen. But if their teams are neck and neck, and Joel Embiid had a another, what do you call it? If he had, if we averaged one more rebound per game, you'd have to look at who else was on the team and see who made a bigger impact. Okay, like I said, the point is past performance really matters. And so, looking at this, if they if they look at Joel Embiid and they look at Nikola Jokic, they're going to see like there's you can't give a guy the most valuable player in the entire NBA in the National Basketball Association, you can't say that he's the most valuable player if he can't lead his team past the first round or the second round, not even past the conference finals. That guy isn't the most valuable player in the league. That's just factual. And looking at what Joel Embiid has done over his entire career up to this point, he is not the most valuable player, which is why I'm giving this award to Jokic. I think he's going to win. He's been statistically insane every single year that he's been in the league. He's been improving, getting more statistically crazy, doing things we didn't think was possible for a big man. He's just amazing. He, he's a wonder to watch, and he's going to be great next year again. So I'm giving this award to Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I think if you look at this award, the guys you're looking at, you talked about Jokic, you talked about Embiid. I think Luca could be in contention, re-signing, re-signing Kyrie, having him for a whole year. Luca could be in contention. Um, I think Giannis is definitely a really big name this year. Had a kind of off year for his standards, but he is definitely in this conversation. JT, if you want to talk about a long shot, a guy that I think will eventually win finals MVP, hopefully eventually wins an MVP. Um, I don't know if they will, but he's a long shot. Um, KD, again, you talked about Steph. Um, and LeBron, both long shots. I think here, if you were looking at this, I think Jokic, I think, I think it's the problem is the NBA's feeling with the MVP. The NBA, I agree. I agree. The NBA kind of heralds the MVP way too much in terms of trying to compare it to who has won, who, who else in NBA history has had the quantity that a guy has. Like Nikola Jokic, 
statistically should have won it, but he would be the first player to ever win back-to-back-to-back MVPs. And Nikola he should have. It doesn't matter. Exactly. No, I, I agree with that, but that's what I'm saying. I think that's why he didn't win it. And if you look at his team success, it was better than the 76ers. Uh, again, Nikola Jokic this year, it'd be three and four years, and people know it should have been four and four years. But I don't think he's going to win it because of the NBA's feeling about the MVP. I think that it's going to be between this year. I think Giannis is one. Giannis is my MVP pick for this year. I think the Bucks will play very, very well under his control with the new coach. Um, what's his name? Uh, Adrian Griffin. I think that's going to be very good. Um, I have Giannis at one. I think Luka could be close behind, especially with, like I said, having Kyrie for a whole year. I think Nikola Jokic is going to end as two. And then I think you have um, you have Doncic, you have Embiid, and you have uh, JT and, and Steph and LeBron, all that behind him. But yes, I do think Giannis Antetokounmpo wins MVP of the 2024 NBA season. Look at the Bucks. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton was injured this most of this year, and they fired Mike Budenholzer for a reason. I don't think he should have got fired, but it was probably because there was some dissent. I think there was between him and Giannis um, and, and his contract extension. But Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, that team went to the finals. It's just the key players around them. They still have Brooke Lopez. They re-signed him, and they have Adrian Griffin, a new coach, a young and upcoming coach, won the 2019 finals with the Toronto Raptors. So I think that that is going to be a big jump start for the Milwaukee Bucks, and I think Adrian Griffin is willing to listen to Giannis a lot more than other coaches. So I have Giannis winning the MVP in the 2024 NBA season. Yeah, so let's start um, talking about Rookie of the offensive, year, or not offense, but rookie of the year. Yeah, rookie of the year. So, um, it's it's gonna be really cool to see who wins rookie of the year this year. I could definitely see a lot of these guys, but I'm gonna have to go Wemby. I mean, the guy's seven five. He can shoot threes. He has a good mid range game. He is very athletic for his height, and he's been able to stay off and get get. He's been able to not be injured easily. And remember, I I believe. Chet Holmgren would be counted as a rookie this year, which is actually pretty cool to think about. Chet and um, and Wemby are going to be in the same class. Yeah, it's like Blake Griffin. Yeah, but in this case, it's going to be Wemby. He's seven five. The guy's going to average at least fifteen per game. He's going to have crazy defensive stats. I mean, the fact that he is seven five. This is Taco Fall height, and Taco Fall was we, when we talked about Taco Fall. That was craziness against Zion and that whole year that Taco Fall went to the league. This guy is him plus, like, a great shooter. It's just unheard of, and the guy is going to tear up the NBA. I've already said it a couple times. I don't think he's going to be perennial. I don't think he's going to be all-time great, but he'll probably be at least around Hall of Fame great. I think he definitely can make the Hall of Fame, but I don't think that he's going to be a generational talent. All right, I disagree. Wemby's the most hyped-up prospect, and historically, hype has led to success besides very few guys. But Wemby has that package besides the frame, and I think that we value the frame too much. I talked about, and I've I've been talking about this a little bit with Chet. I think Chet is going to have an amazing year. I think Chet is going to play very, very well in the NBA this season. He's already playing great. He put on 13 pounds of pure muscle with the Thunder. I think that is going to be a big factor um, for Chet and the Thunder, especially I talked about it last week or two weeks ago. J-Dub, J-Will, Shea, Chet is crazy. That is an insane lineup. And when you have a guy that's 7-2 in there, I think that's that's pretty good. But 
I think I'm going to have to go with Wemby. I think Wemby, you talked you talked about all his attributes, can shoot, can play in the paint. He's not going to play center. I think he's going to play power forward just because of his frame. Um, and not his frame, but his his like durability and and his um like his strength. Um, but I think that if you take out Wemby or I God forbid uh Wembyama gets hurt, which I really hope he doesn't. Um, if Victor Wembyama somehow is not playing the whole season or doesn't have amazing stats in the game he pl- in the games he plays, which the Spurs are good, I think that Scoot Henderson would win this award. If Wemby plays perfectly and plays great and doesn't get hurt that much, I think that Scoot comes in number two. But I think if if you're looking at number two, it's Brandon Miller, it's Scoot. I think Anthony Black could be a key guy there with the Magic. I think he could make a difference with Paolo. Um, I think, uh, Bilal is kind of a de- developmental guy. Um, but anyway, guys like that, but I think Scoot Henderson, if you go to number two, Dame might not play there. They don't have a big man. It's mainly going to be Scoot. And if, the only reason he wouldn't be two is if Chet plays great or if team success is valued too much this year, which I don't think it will with Wemby being on the Spurs. So I have Scoot at number two. Yeah, I, I agree. I think runner ups will be probably Scoot um chet and then maybe grady dick i like on the raptors a lot oh, very good pick yeah i think i think he's gonna be great they don't have a great team he's gonna be getting the ball a lot getting to shoot a lot and the best shooter of the draft he is a sleeper yeah yeah so i do like him there i think there's a lot of chance for all rookie teams for those guys to make it and i'm also looking for standout seasons for amen thompson uh, Asura, Thompson, Asura Thompson uh, for the Pistons and Ra- uh, Rockets and Pistons. I think they'll be pretty good. It'll be cool to see Twins um, do well and play against each other and the, the rivalry that's been picking up um, in the Pistons versus the Rockets. And then as a Rockets fan, I have to talk about Cam Whitmore. Would love to see the guy do great after getting drafted in the 20th spot. Um, I'd love to see the guy do great and make at least an All-NBA second team, but it's going to be hard. Those guys are coming off the bench with the yeah. signing that the Rockets have had. You know who I think does not win it, though, and this is a hot take, but I think it's going to be true? Brandon Miller will not be top three in MVP voting. He will not. Brandon and Miller. Rookie of the year. What? I mean, not MVP, rookie of the year. Yeah. Brandon Miller has had 15 turnovers in two games, or not 15 turnovers, 15, I think he had seven fouls in the first game and eight turnovers in the second game. Brandon Miller is not playing great at all. And I think Brandon Miller is a guy that's going to take a while to develop. He needs LaMelo Ball to be alongside him, which he's not playing the summer league. And he needs a tall big man. The Hornets don't have that. And I think that that's going to be a problem. I do think that turnovers and I, okay, I I was talking, I, I think that Brandon Miller could be a I was thinking about this a Rockets Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook on the Rockets could be Brandon Miller Brandon Miller and, is more of a four though I think I Brandon understand Miller, that but I'm talking Brandon about from a, from, a more, right. from a stats perspective right I'm talking about from a stats perspective Jabari Smith for the Rockets that well I don't be. think so but I think if you talk about when Russell Westbrook was on the Rockets he had he was there he had a big guy, which was not a big guy. I mean, like a star, which was James Harden. He has LaMelo Ball. They didn't have that, a big, big man. And he was just racking up stats. Now, Brandon Miller, I don't think will rack up stats. But Russell Westbrook, that was the start of his turnover venture adventure. And I think that Brandon Miller is going to struggle with turnovers and fouls. And he plays aggressive, which is good, but I think a little over the top. So I don't think he'll finish top three in rookie of the year voting. 